Hello, and welcome to the Literary Devices Podcast and Book Club in Your Earbuds. I am Jessica Miguel Cooper. And I'm Marisha Vujic. Hello. So today we're going to be talking about the book um, Circe by Madeline Miller, which, yes, if you listened to last month's episode, that is the exact same author as uh, the one who wrote The Song of Achilles. So variety, the spice of bad. Anyways, <laughs> Marisha, do you want to give us a quick summary? Yeah, so so Circe is a goddess, just a minor goddess born to Helios, the god of the sun, and um, a nymph, yep. a water nymph. Yep. Um, and the her father's palace and everyone there is just really cruel and vapid and she she really just doesn't fit in and one day she discovers that she is a witch um and so the gods and the titans both are are threatened by her power so she gets banished to this island um and basically she just lives there for hundreds, thousands of years, it's kind of hard to tell, and she meets all these famous figures from mythology, like the Minotaur, um, Icarus, mostly his father, Daedalus, actually, but Icarus is the most famous one, (laughs) Um, Medea, and Odysseus, um, with whom she has a a child. And so basically, it's just like her life. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically her life, yeah. Yeah. and yeah, through it all, she's basically figuring out, she, she's obsessed with mortals. All of the other gods look down on the mortals, but she's she's always kind of captivated by them. And um, eventually she decides to become a mortal. Yeah. Not immortal, a mortal. Yes. <laughs> and it's interesting because at, um, at the beginning, you know, they talk about, or she talks about how um, her voice was like displeasing to everybody, and eventually mm. someone tells her it's like, oh, it's because you sound like a mortal. Like that's that's why your voice is so different from I- all the other gods. And she, and and I think that that's kind of a really interesting like it's a little piece of like foreshadowing, and also it kind of like underscores her particular like obsession with mortals, like. Basically, she's like, God suck. Mortals are worth that. <laughs> as well as every all the gods' disdain for her. Yeah. Throughout. Comes from the, the fact that like, she sounds like, like a mortal. mortal. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of this book? Um. So, okay, so I did end up loving it. It took me, like, a really long time mm-hmm. to get into it, though. But... Uh, as we were talking about before we started recording, um, I've kind of been in a reading slump where, yeah. like, even stuff that I'm super stoked about, I'm like, I can't get into this. So it's, like, not really that surprising that it took me two months to read it. But I gave it four and a half stars instead of five just because I found the beginning, like, pretty slow. And I found it, I don't know why, but I found it harder to connect with um, Cerse at the mm. beginning. And I don't know if it's because... Like, maybe it's just a function of her being a goddess and there's kind of some, like, built-in distance there already. Like, I don't know what it's like to be immortal. Mm. Um, But, yeah, so I took off half a star just because the beginning, I felt, was, like, kind of slow (laughs) and boring. But um, what about you? So, and for context, like, this was, you've read 
Song of Achilles a couple times and you like it's your favorite book, right? Yes, it's, one, it's one of my favorite books of all time. Yes. Did you find yourself kind of comparing it to to Song of Achilles? No. Okay. No, I, and I think it's because despite the styles of of course being similar, mm-hmm. being written by the same person, um I just think that they're such they're such different stories mm. that like yeah. there wasn't like there wasn't much in there that was like, oh, that makes me think of the Song of Achilles. You know, like the only time I really thought about it was specifically when Where they, they talk about Achilles, yeah. Achilles and Patroclus, and that's like a paragraph on a one page. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so no, I I didn't not really. So this, I'm I. Hmm. I'm really torn because the first time I read this, I read this book first before I read Song of Achilles, mm-hmm. and I think I would have given it five stars then. Um, but the second time reading it, I didn't enjoy it as much, I, and I don't, I can't like put my finger on why. I like I would give it four point five stars as well. Um, I think it. I think I was comparing it to Song of Achilles. I think it was, it, it lacks the emotional urgency of yeah. Song. Like, it's a lot, there's not this action, there's not this, like, desperate love ever, right? She's, it's it's a much older and wiser protagonist. Well, I do think that that's also a function of the fact that she is, like divine and mm-hmm. the fact that this story takes place over literally a thousand years <laughs> you know and so there isn't this like opportunity to like to really dive into just this there's no one specific relationship there's no one specific yeah, thing right exactly. and like so she's kind of moving from so um, she has like this love with uh, Daedalus, right? And mm-hmm. and which was very sweet and beautiful and whatever. But then it's over because he's mortal and he dies. And like and then she has this love with um, Odysseus, which then he leaves. And then eventually he dies. And like and then she has this relationship with her son Telegonus, um, who is Odysseus's son as well. But again, he's mortal. And like <clears throat> so, I just feel like instead of we're in the song of Achilles. You're with Patroclus and Achilles, and and that is and they're your, both mortal. That is your root, right? Yeah. Like that is the relationship that takes you through the whole book, and that is like the 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 turning piece of the whole story. Whereas with Circe, there's like it's like there's this in this little spot, and then there's this yeah, in this exactly. little spot, and then there's this in this little spot, and they do all connect, but <clears throat> but I don't think like you have that same like root. But I also think that that is, like, because Cersei is very, she's very, like, restless. Like, she's a person who, um, like, even though she's been banished to this island for a thousand years and eventually she builds a life for herself and whatever, she's still kind of, like, and what else? (laughs) Eventually, um, Odysseus' son with Penelope, um, comes to the island and they, uh, we'll talk about that later, but you know, she says to him, like, I've always wanted to see Ethiopia. I've always wanted to mm, see yeah. this place. I've always wanted to see this place. And I, I think there's like this longing restlessness in her that is part of it. And so she kind of, 
it kind of fits in with like yeah it, oh it those does. relationships right like yeah. the fact that those relationships are like constellations that touch the earth for but a season oh i love that <laughs> you know and then they're, they're gone yeah so yeah it's it's definitely like an epic in the strict yeah. sense of the word where it just you can't get too attached to any character yeah, really like and, the, it, and the urgency starts coming kind of when when her son is born yes. and then she's like oh my god like yeah I am still immortal, but yes. this piece of me that I love so much is is not is not, and yeah. everything can fall apart. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so, but if we want to kind of start a little bit closer to the beginning, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the first mortal that she meets is um, this man Glaucus, and which. I, this is not related, but I always thought glaucoma every time I saw it. Me too. I think of like glucose and like, yeah. yeah. And then I think of like diabetes yeah. for some reason. So it was like kind of distracting. But anyways, so she's like just chilling on a beach and uh, he finds his way there and he's like, oh my God, you're a goddess, blah, 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 blah. And um, they end up kind of like forming this relationship and she falls in love with him. And at this point, like she's still living with her father and um, she discovers that there are these flowers from the blood of a god and she something in her just like knows that they'll... She had... She had- her, her brother exactly. had told her that they like wherever the blood fell, um, there was divinity in like the or mad some kind of magic, magic in the flowers. Yeah, some blood from the war titans versus Olympians right. that had happened. Right. So then she's like, "Oh, wouldn't it be amazing if like Glaucus was a god, and then we could be together and like whatever?" So she brings him there to where the flowers are, and she makes he falls asleep she like gives him some sap from the flowers and he is turned into a god and um and then he's a dick because men <laughs> because gods and gods i don't I think, know is yeah. part of the <laughs> and like he abandons her he's just like okay peace out because well, like she, i'm on a i'm a god now so i don't have time for you <laughs> and she doesn't tell him that she did it yeah she, she she's like oh my god you fell asleep and you just <laughs> turned into a god like somehow he like just did it like with the power of his will like i don't it just it just was really frustrating just, because like again <laughs> it was like a woman doing something incredible that everyone didn't even think was possible and then she like doesn't take credit for it and then he just like abandons just her. this ridiculous like ego that like i was always meant to be a god and and it like comes comes through later too um one of the notes that i have about um jason and medea um, because so they end up coming later um when circe is on her island and like he is just Ugh, the worst. He's just like boring and boastful and entitled, and like basically everything that he did, he could not possibly have done if Medea hadn't been like yeah, helping him. And Cersei notes that he's like he he kind of like shrugs off Medea's help, where yeah. he's just he felt that it like her help was his due. Yeah, that this got this the- demi. Demigoddess, yeah. This will just come in, like... Because of course she would, because he's Jason. <laughs> That's what like, he deserves. What? <laughs> no. And, th- th- yeah, I mean, of course, again, like we talked about in Song of Achilles, uh, Greek mythology is just not a great place for women in general. Yeah. Um, but I do think that this one 
had so much, like, this book has so much more of a focus on the women and their um, their strength and their powers. And, and I think that that is a really enjoyable part of it. Yeah, well, that is... And I think that might be, like, why I struggled so much with Song of Achilles mm -hmm. be, is because I had read this and I saw how, from a female protagonist's perspective, it it just feels so different yeah. than, you know, the, like, Patroclus just, like... He's like, meh, women, whatever, it's fine. women. <laughs> and then, like, eventually he kind of changes, but, like, yeah, I struggled with that a lot, and I... I just loved seeing this world from yeah. her perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, like, I have so many notes where I'm like, oh, God, the patriarchy. Um, because, like, so Circe also changes another um, nymph, Scylla. <laughs> um, so she changes her into this, like, horrible monster. And, like, if you've read the Odyssey, um, you've heard of uh, Scylla and Charybdis, which are... Um, so Scylla is this, like, 12-headed monster who... Six-headed? Six, yeah. Six-headed monster who, um, like, lives in this, like, strait. And on the other side of the strait is Charybdis, which is this massive whirlpool. So basically, like... You, it's almost impossible to get through because if you're trying to avoid Scylla, you end up in the whirlpool, and if you're trying to avoid the whirlpool, you end up being eaten by Scylla. Well, she only eats six or twelve of yeah. the people, so I mean, like, whatever. That's at least fine. You, that's fine. You can get through. You have a chance. Just not all. Of you, <laughs> um, but so basically, Scylla is this beautiful, vain, vapid nymph, whatever that Glaucus plans to marry, and Circe, who's like crazy with jealousy, not crazy. I don't like the word crazy. We're trying to avoid using the word crazy. But she's, like, very, very jealous. And she decides that she's going to use the same flowers that she used to turn Glaucus into um, a god. She's going to use them to... Because they're supposed to reveal, like, your true nature. So do they really? Because... No, I her don't brother think so. thinks her brother's like, no, it's it's what you want them yes. to turn into. And she's like, no, 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 it's the true nature. And she seems to believe that even at the end. But I don't know that like I don't like to side with Aedes. <laughs> yeah, me but I feel like he's right. I think it's yeah. her power, not the flowers. As I much. think so too. I think the flowers have power, but it's how you use them. She that, directs. Like, yeah. 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 So basically she like puts a bunch of the flowers, sap, whatever, in Scylla's, like, pool where she goes to bathe, and she turns into this, like, horrible monster, which is a thing that, like, it comes full circle in the end. Um, because Cersei has this, like, incredible guilt that she has created this monster who then goes on to, for hundreds and hundreds of years, <laughs> kill all of these mortals. Yeah. Um, but... So she eventually goes and she confesses to her father that she has done this, that it was her who changed Scylla. And he's like, no, you didn't. Nobody can do that. <laughs> what are you talking about? It just happened. Like, don't, whatever. And then her brother, Aedes, is like, shows up and he's like, no, actually, we are witches and we have all this power. And everyone's like, oh, really? Wow, that's amazing. And it's so frustrating <laughs> that everyone is like, nah, you're just making there, stuff up. And then the man comes and no says way. the same thing and they're like, wow, that's incredible. It was so frustrating. Yes. So that's like really annoying. <laughs> yeah. And, but that's part of, like, her power throughout is how underestimated mm -hmm. she is 
all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to skip ahead, but like skip ahead all you want. Like when she, when the men start coming to her island mm-hmm. and they're like, take advantage of her, she. Like they're like, oh, it's a woman by herself, and then she's like, I'm gonna turn you all into pigs because that's what you are. Because it never crosses their mind that she could be anything but a vulnerable woman alone who is there for them to rape. Mm-hmm. Like it just like never occurs to them. Yeah. And then she she also like ends up standing up to Athena and her dad multiple and, times, like, and it's so bad. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, here's a question that I have. Mm. So. Early on in the book, um, it's very brief, but Cerse meets Prometheus um, before he is subjected to his eternal torment of being tied to a rock and having a bird come eat his liver every day. Um, Once every hour. (laughs) Right. Um, And so she has this interaction with him, and it, like, kind of informs a lot of what she does Mm -hmm. throughout the book. But my question is, like, why... When Cerse goes and confesses to her father that it was her who changed Scylla into this monster, like, why does she want to be punished so badly? Like, she's, she literally says that, like, she's hoping to be punished. And when she, when she is, I mean, eventually she is, she's banished to this island. But then when she gets there, she says she's disappointed by it and that she'd hoped for, like, a Craig in the Caucasus after all and an eagle diving for my liver. Like, I don't why like what is the underlying thing do you think that makes her like want to be punished what what do you think do you i i I have the same question about prometheus because prometheus also like saw like he saw the future he knew exactly what was going to happen to him if he gave humans fire and how zeus would punish him and he did it anyway as well do you remember why with Prometheus, I'm like I don't, I don't think it was necessarily that he wanted to be punished so much as he felt that what he was going to do was important enough that it was worth, it was worth being the punishment. punished that makes for. Sense. Whereas Cersei like, literally wants <laughs> to be punished. I think, I think she wants that because then it means that they're like taking her seriously and that they're they think that she's worth punishing rather right. than just being like, eh, uh, you're useless surf. and you can't do anything anyway. Right. That That's kind of what I got. That's kind of like what I, that's kind of the only answer I can come up with as well, that she just, it's the only way she can think of, of being like noticed. Yeah. And like that, that then means that they think she is powerful. A real threat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, like you're not gonna punish someone who, like who's who can't hurt you anyways, yeah. right? Yeah, I think I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, then what? Where are we at? <laughs> so there is a there is a theme throughout the book of like freedom versus captivity. They talk a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, feeling caged. Like, so Daedalus, um, the first 
mortal that Cerse actually has like a deep relationship with and he's he's an inventor he's um he's the father of Icarus if you've heard the, the myth of Icarus lying too close to the sun um and he's actually a prisoner of Cerse's sister um Pasiphae and her husband Minos and um but he also like is instrumental in the creation of the Minotaur by accident, but whatever. I feel like he feels guilty over that. He does, even he though should. even though I'm like, I don't think you made Pacifay have sex with the bull. Like I don't <laughs> think that was her choice. <laughs> I feel like you yeah, you made it possible, but like what were you gonna do? Anyways, but so like there they hold him prisoner um by threatening his son. Um and so eventually Cerse is brought to their kingdom because Pasiphae is going to have this baby who turns out to be the Minotaur and Cerse is the only one who can um, contain this beast basically um, between her and Daedalus but he is talking about how like yeah maybe Icarus has a good life like now and he can do what he wants and you know he's a good boy and like whatever but a golden cage is still a cage and like it comes up later too like um with Medea right yes Medea talks about um as for that safety I do not want it it is only more chains and she's kind of talking about um, going to live with Jason and being his queen. And Cersei's like, don't you understand that none of his people are going to accept you? Like, they're going to, they're going to be threatened by you. Your marriage they're, will not be happy. Yeah, and she's like, I don't care. And then later, um, Telegonus, her son with Odysseus, who has never left the island, he's 16 yeah. years old, has never left the island, and he finds out that, like, Athena wants to kill him. And... And he's talking about, um, I think in this part, he's talking about, like, one of the boats full of sailors that have stopped um, at the island. And he says, yes. like, a few days respite, then they will leave, and I will still be trapped. If this is life, then I would rather die. I would rather Athena kills me. Do you hear? At least then I will have seen one thing in my life that was not this island. Yeah. And again, I wrote, like, a golden cage is still a cage. Mm -hmm. And there's... And of course, you know, Cersei isn't allowed to leave her island. She's stuck there at the mercy of, she's allowed to leave the once to yeah. um, help Pasiphae and that's it. So once in a thousand years and, yeah. you know, she loves her island and she, um, you know, she's almost like a mother to it and she tends it and it helps her in her witchcraft and whatever, but she's still not allowed to leave. Yeah. And, and in the end, like, she realizes that, like, her son does need to leave and have mm -hmm. his own life. And uh, uh, Penelope also lets her son leave with Cyrus. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea of, like, children having to... Fly the nest. Fly the nest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and how hard that is. And, like, it's, it's extremely difficult for Cyrus to let Telegonus go because she she discovers when he's a baby that Athena is trying to kill him. And so she does all these really powerful spells to um, protect the island so that no, no one can come without like basically her permission. Yeah. Um, and so then eventually after, after Odysseus is dead and Penelope and um, Telemachus come um, Athena wants Telemachus to 
be her new Odysseus, basically. Her new fave. Um, yeah, basically. And so she offers him, like, you'll be this amazing leader and you'll do all these amazing things. And Telemachus is like, nah, I'm good. I'd rather be no one. I'd rather be no one. Like, I then have, like, this. So he makes the opposite choice of Achilles. Right, because mm-hmm. in the Song of Achilles, it's his choice is basically either you can die very young and have eternal glory, or you can yeah. live to be very old and be happy. Yeah, and Achilles chooses um, eternal glory, and Telemachus makes the exact opposite choice. And they do actually specifically reference Achilles because yeah. um, in Odysseus's <laughs> Odyssey, he. <laughs> I kept writing Odyssey instead of Odyssey. He has to go and talk to this like um, prophet dude from like (laughs) the underworld, and he actually sees Achilles there. And Achilles tells him like, "I made the wrong choice, and I wish I had I wish I had chose chosen differently." And Telemachus ends up making that choice of living longer and deeper and more happily rather than. Um, in glory, but Telegonus. So then Athena says, "Okay, how about you? <laughs> You're also <laughs> Odysseus's son. Like, how about you?" And You're he's like, enough. "Yes," and he accepts. And Circe is like, "Oh my God, I have worked so hard for the last sixteen years to keep you safe here with me, and now, now I have to just let you go." Yeah, and especially you know, as a mother myself, and as my daughter is getting older, and there are more opportunities for things like that it's incredibly incredibly (laughs) difficult and I can't imagine you know especially because the spells are so difficult like she talks about how she can feel them all the time she's she's holding the weight I think of the sky she says to keep him safe and that it like feel like she can feel the weight in her soul because she has to she has to be using her will to maintain them at all times Mm -hmm. and then to just be like okay well I guess that's over (laughs) that's your fly be free (laughs) um I I can only imagine how incredibly difficult that would be I loved reading as he's growing up when um she's keeping him safe and also and, you know, he's like this really, and he, he's crying all the time because yeah. she has to, like, keep him on her as she's figuring out how to put these spells on this island when she realizes Athena's out to get him. Um, and just, like, how ungrateful he is and how annoyed she is where, like, he... He starts, you know, running off and, like, exploring the island. Because he's a child. Because he's a child. And I think, like, I don't think he was, like, more ungrateful than any other child. And I don't no. think... He is... Children have no concept of no. What, what you do for them With the as sacrifices, yeah. And, and they shouldn't. No. And... <laughs> and Not when they're young. It's <laughs> just so funny. Her just being like, you have no idea what I am doing for you and what I'm sacrificing. Stop trying to kill and yourself then, by, like, exploring. <laughs> And, and eventually she kind of like, Chills. but but eventually she also like tells him that yeah. she's like, do you know what I've like done for you? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh my God, mom. <laughs> and that, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't think that you should expect your children to understand 
the sacrifices that you have made for them until they are adults. Yeah. And, like, they shouldn't bear the weight of, like, what you have done for them until they are, like, older. Because I do think at a certain point, they should understand. Yeah, and and at that point, they're probably bearing not... Like some kind, some part of that weight Themselves. for somebody else. Or, yeah. yeah, for sure. But like, n- not when they're like twelve. No, like, no, <laughs> that's that's not for them to do. I was surprised actually when she like had that outburst. <laughs> I was like, he's not gonna get it. He doesn't know what you're talking he about. Know. And I don't think she expected him to. I think that it was just kind of like a release Letting for it her. Out. She was just like, ah, <laughs> you're driving me up a wall. <laughs> Yeah, and just, like, her relationship with her son is so different from, like, a, the like everyone just has this, like, weird, different relationship with their kids. Like, um, Cerse, Cerse's mother, Percy Perez? 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 Something like that. Um, there, are some, there are a couple names that are super similar. And I have no idea. Well, Perez literally names her kid Percy's, yeah. like, after herself, yeah. <laughs> um, which is... An example of what I'm talking about, where she's just using them for her own motive, her own ambition, right? Her she's own just glorification. Like, yeah. Oh, like I have all these amazing kids with Helios, and like, like that's all that they're yeah. worth. And she gets like a necklace, a new chain on her necklace every time, yeah. she, uh, or like a string of beads or whatever every time she births another one. Um, and when Cersei is born, who's the oldest, she's like. Eh, she's not very good. Like, let's make a better one. Like, literally, as soon as she's born. And, like, and then there's... And Pacifé is kind of the same way, where she bursts this minotaur, basically, to, like... For her own ends, yeah. To to get back at, like, everyone, basically. Just because she... Yeah. (laughs) Because it allows her to control her husband and, like... Daedalus and like and bring basically, yeah. And then like their parents like um like Cyrus and Daedalus and Odysseus who are like so I mean Odysseus like yeah, Odysseus like, started out that way. Yeah. But his son was so young when he left yeah. for the Trojan War and he was gone for And he 20 became years. such a different man so, than Odysseus thought. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you know, this this idea of actually caring for your children and, and like, sacrificing yourself for what them and not the other way around <laughs> is, is really, like, just really interesting foils. So, here, related to that... Um, there is a quote from Circe, um close to the end of the book where she's talking about Odysseus and his mm, two sons. Yes. And she says, like, two children he had had and he had not seen either clearly. But perhaps no parent can truly see their child. When we look, we see only the mirror of our faults. And that made me wonder, like, what do you think Circe sees when she looks at Telegonus? Well, I think I, I think that at the end she does see him clearly. Yes, um, eventually. But at the beginning she... She's just so aware of his mortality mm-hmm. and how, like, one day she will have to live without him because she will outlive him and everybody else that she's ever loved. Um, and I think she it's just, like, another remi- he's another reminder and, like, the most important kind of reminder for her of, like, what mortality means. And what and, like, her this, immortality This means. weight yeah. Yeah, and like what it means that she is going to live forever. Yes. And that every relationship she has will wither and die. 
so cheerful. So cheerful. I, I actually, so I, I felt like that was like kind of the crux of the novel for me where it was like, it was all about what it means to be human and like what it means to kind of grapple. I mean, she's grappling with other people's mortality, but mm-hmm. you know, what does it mean to understand that you are mortal? There's one moment where she, I think she's talking about Telemachus where she like, touches his arm and feels his pulse mm-hmm. his life like pulsing away mm-hmm. like beat after beat is just like another moment closer to death mm-hmm. and like I mean that's something I think about sometimes you yeah, know how, like I'm gonna die and everyone I love is gonna die yep. and it's like really terrifying yep. it, <laughs> but it's it truly is but she's so in love with mortals and like she sees this like bravery like every time mortals like are brought down they like stand up again and they're so determined and and even though they know they're going to die they still <laughs> try and do things we say and they we we us <laughs> and us. i love like the she where she talks about like one of the things that strikes her about glaucus who's the first mortal she really gets to know um is like how he mends his nets and it's so tedious and when he's starting a fire it's so tedious whereas you know it's something a god can do with a snap but her you know and like just this like tediousness of mortal life and like how we suffer you know that that question comes up a few times how do they bear it how do we bear it you just and bear it as best you as can. As best you can is the answer. And yep. I just like, I like that. It's like, oh yeah, people are pretty cool. And like, <laughs> we're great. <laughs> we're all trying our best, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I had another question, yeah, which is kind of me. unrelated. But one thing that was coming up for me a lot, and you, you noted that women are kind of the only ones with any, like, real, like... Layers. Layers, yeah. But <laughs> Except I, for Telegonus and Salamachus yeah. and Odysseus. Those are the, really... I was actually noticing something different throughout, where, like, the only relationships she, that Cirrus really forms are always with men. Mm-hmm. So, like, her brother Aedes, there's Glaucus, there's Hermes, there's Daedalus, Odysseus, and then her son, and then Telemachus. Um... And, like, some of those turn sour, but they're the only people she really bonds with other than um, Ariadne, her niece, briefly. But then, like, she's not allowed to see her again. And then, uh, like, Penelope, she... I mean, they have this, like, respect. I don't know if they have a bond so much as, like, a respect for each other. Um, Which I think bonds them. And, like, Penelope does. does eventually become... The Witch of Aea, right? Yeah, like, yeah. In and, and that's really, yeah, beautiful. But, like, with Medea, like, Medea is just, like, so pissed off by the warnings yeah. that Cersei is trying to give her. Mm-hmm. Her pacifay, Cersei's sister, just, like, they hate each other. And, and Cersei reflects on, like, what their relationship might have been. Yes. But... And, like, with pacifay, it's interesting because um, after the birth of the Minotaur and all this uh, you know, Cersei's talking to her, being like, you didn't have to call me, like, you could have called other people. You did this yeah. specifically to, like, hurt me. And, like, and Pacify says something about them being the same. Yeah. And Cersei's immediately like, I am nothing like you. Yeah. And Pacify is, like, hurt yeah. by that. Like, in, in her reaction, you can see that she's, like, she wasn't expecting such a, like, visceral rejection. Yeah. And, 
I like wonder if she was trying to like bridge the gap between them and Cersei's just so adamant that like I am nothing like you. But also the way she tries to bridge the I gap mean, it's is true. like she's 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 <laughs> not she's way. not good at it <laughs> and she's not it's not like she's a good person, no. <laughs> but like she does try. Yeah, and Cersei yeah. does reject her. Yes, um, and but I don't know. Like, I d- I don't know why why she doesn't have relationships with women really at all. Even the nymphs who are sent by their fathers, you know, to like be with her for a year like she just does not even try i think that might be a function of like i think she just knows what they are yeah like (laughs) where like it's it's remnants of her life living with her father and and like yeah she knows she can't yeah who they are she knows she knows that they're cruel and vapid and that there's nothing that she can say or do or like maybe there is something she can say or do but she's like it's not worth my time to try and do that like i have other things to do i did not ask them to come here and i think that's part of it too that like um you know, she she didn't invite them. Yeah, that's <laughs> she, true. She and she sees the nymphs as yet another indication from the gods that like they see her as nothing. Yeah, that they can just be like, yeah, you go hang out with her even though she doesn't want you because it doesn't matter what she wants. Yeah, and so I think that there's some kind it's of disrespect. resentment there. Yeah, that's true. And she's like, well, so she can't get around that to try and like build any kind of relationship and i mean they're only there for a year she's there for a thousand years (laughs) she's like what's the point like i was talking to a friend of mine today who just um recently in the last year moved to quebec and she was saying that you know there's a girl that she like wants to be better friends with but um this girl is going to be moving really Mm. soon and i said yeah like it's really hard to feel like putting in the effort is worth it when you know that that person is going to leave. Yeah, and And, it's so much harder. Yeah, and so, like, a year for Cirs is nothing. That's true, yeah. So, like, what's the point? Yeah, I just, I I was just, like, a little disappointed that, like, she couldn't form a bond with another woman. And, I mean, part of it, too, is just a function of, like, who gets to sail and explore the world and wind up on her island? It's not women. Well, and and the women who it is are, are these passionate, fiery, you know, um, very opinionated and obstinate women, right? And Medea is evil, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I definitely think that there's that as well. And and for sure, it's like men are the privileged ones who get to have adventures. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of like, forming relationships with people mm. who come to our island. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the first group of sailors who come, mm-hmm. that when she first starts turning them into pigs uh-huh. because she knows what they're there for, um, I was, like, so upset. Like, it was so hard to read this scene where, like, She's kind of suspecting that they're yeah. up to something, but she's like, no, like I'm, you know, they're they're my guests, and I'm like, and she's, she's doing so her best. Of mortals, she's doing her best to like 
make them have a good time and like be such a good hostess and she's like why why is he calling me sweet why are they looking at me like that he's coming up to me like and like she has this power all she has to do is say one word and they will turn into pigs uh fall asleep i think initially she just wanted them to fall asleep which is what the potion that she was feeding them could have done um but she she waits a split second too late and ends up being raped. And I just like just that that like trust of like not no, a, they it, won't hurt it's, me. It's not even necessarily trust of them, it's distrust of herself. Like she Oh yeah, exactly. Yes. She yes. she knows that something is wrong, but she keeps telling herself, No, no, they're my guests, they wouldn't, like that's not what's happening here, even though she knows that that is what is happening here. Exactly. Okay, yes, that's exactly it. And, like, kind of, like, gaslighting herself yeah. into being, like, I'm sure this person is safe. I'm sure I am mm-hmm. safe. I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm overreacting. It's just, like, such a viscerally familiar feeling. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, oh, it was so hard to read. Oh, yeah, it made me feel a little sick. Yeah, it was awful. And then, like, she just, after that, like, thank God, she, she trusts, just she just she turns them into, no pig right, into pigs right away. And which she I, actually <laughs> says something later on when she's, so after Odysseus has died and all of that has happened, um, she's remembering a conversation that she had with him um, where he says, like, yes. how do you decide, like, who, which of the men you turn and which you let go? And she's like, I don't let any of them go. I turn them all. And he's like, okay, but like, how do you, like, they don't all necessarily mean you harm. And she's like, I don't care. Like, yeah, you, she says, you showed up at my house. So what does it matter to me? What's in your heart? Yes. And so at that point, she's just like, doesn't matter. Like you're here, you have the opportunity. And I know that, you know, many of you, would take the chance if you could. Yeah. And so I'm not going to give any of you the chance. Yeah. And like, so is that like right? Like, is she correct and wiser to think that way? Because um, a big part of me is like, yeah, turn them yeah, all into pigs. But too. that's also just such a sad. It is. And it, it makes me think of, you know, the the people who have been violated in not, not even necessarily sexually, mm-hmm. but but have been violated in some way, and so they don't trust anybody, yeah. and so they don't let anybody in, and that is the thing, right? Is that it, when when you when you turn yourself off and and close yourself off to the good in people, like to the bad in people, rather, you're also turning yourself off to the, the good in people, yeah, and not giving yourself that opportunity yeah. to experience that either and she does and she does seem to think that she was not necessarily right yeah because when she's talking about it she's like it makes me feel sick now to think that that's yeah she's like what would telemachus think of that conversation and if he had heard it yeah yeah um yeah and she does let people in like she eventually yeah she loves telemachus and she forms a bond with uh penelope as well Mm -hmm. okay so i want to talk about when, so tell, um, Telegonus, her son, decides that like he builds a boat and he wants to sail to Ithaca so that he can meet his father. Yes. And 
Cersei's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> that is never going to happen. But eventually she realizes that, like, if if she stops him, then she is going to break something. Yeah. Both between them and within him. Yeah. So she's like, okay. But so what she does is she... She goes to the bottom of the sea. As one does. As one does. If you're a nymph. And um, and there is a creature there, Trigon, who has this poison tail. And his tail is, like, so poisonous that it is supposed to, um, like, one scratch is enough to kill a mortal. And if it is touched, like, if an Olympian touches it, it's, like, eternal torment. Yes. And so she wants this tail to make some kind of protection for um, Telegonus. And so Trigon says to her, like, okay, I'll give it to you, but you have to, you have to touch it. Yeah. And, and she, she is willing, she's willing to do that. Like she actually goes to do it and then he's gone and he's like, well, you were willing to do it. So here you go. (laughs) I love that kind of ending where it's like, well, if you meant to do it, (laughs) that's all that matters. Yeah. But what it, so... For me, this is something that I, like, struggle with a lot because as a parent, you are supposed to, like, you're supposed to be, like, I would do anything for my children. Like, I would do absolutely anything. And Sir says often after Telegonus is born, like, she's like, at one point, I would make lists of the things that I would do for him. And it wasn't that fun of a game because the list was always just anything. (laughs) Literally anything. And, like... I love my kid, but, like, I'm not sure that I would do absolutely (laughs) anything for her. Like, I'm not sure that if it was, like, okay, um, you can touch this poison tail and be tormented for eternity so that, like... It's a long time. She can have protection on this journey. Like, I don't know if I would be able to do that. And I remember... Spoilers for BBC's Sherlock season three, which was like eight years ago. So give me a break. Statute of limitations is over, people. But anyways, um, when uh, Sherlock takes his like supposed nosedive off of the building so that um, Watson won't be killed. I remember having like a literal panic attack being like. I don't think I would do that. Like, I don't think I would be able to throw myself off a building to save a person that I loved. Like, and I was like, what does that say about me? (laughs) And like, that's what, that's, it. this kind of like brought me back to that place. Like, does it mean I love my child less that I'm not sure that I would do that for her? I think about that a lot, honestly. Like, what would I do for other people and what would other people do for me? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think you can know unless you're... I mean, I think that's true. I think, like, speaking about it hypothetically is, like, <laughs> like you you don't know how you would react yeah. in a split second like that. But, yeah. Lenea, if you're ever listening to this, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> she really does. <laughs> and maybe I would. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think it means... I mean, if you're looking for a real answer, I don't think that means your child you love your child any less or that you're like any less of a good parent than Oh well thanks. Um for whatever my opinion is worth. Um yeah, that is a really good question though. It's something that I think about a lot. Um Yeah. I mean on on that same scene where she she touches it, she's 
at first she, she thinks that he's gonna strike her and she's like okay hit me and he's like no 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 you have to do it and that's kind of the first surprise of that yeah that moment like that she has she to does it. of her own free will do it herself and she does it and then he's like okay now you have to cut my tail off of me and that's the part that's hard for her yeah. where she's like I, why is like why does she struggle so much with you know, she she like keeps thinking about how like his golden blood seeping out and like And that that was the thing that would haunt her later. Yeah. I just that that's so that seemed weird to me because it's not like he's this like vulnerable no. creature and it's not like she hasn't hurt lots of people before. But for some reason she just like can't I don't get know over if, that. I don't know if it's maybe because like, he is this, like, super ancient creature who has been around since the beginning. And and he's very powerful, but he doesn't treat her like she's a bug to be squashed. You know, like, I, I just wonder if it's maybe because he's he's very powerful and, and, and yet he treats her like she's kind of his equal yeah that's true and that maybe that just kind of engenders some like respect yeah i don't know if that's kind of the only thing i can think of yeah it like it doesn't it still doesn't like sit right with me but that makes sense yeah i still think it's weird (laughs) like yeah i was just like why is this the thing yeah you're do you feel like guilty about or whatever and she just i I don't think it's even guilt no it's it's just like it just, it, it just doesn't sit right with her. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's something, like, from her upbringing where she was always, like, like it's so weird to see a god bleed. And, yeah, like, maybe. A, gods don't bleed. And, yeah. yeah, that I don't know. And that it makes it makes this powerful creature seem more like a mortal. Yeah. Maybe. I don't Although know. Although I don't know why that would bother her. <laughs> like, yeah. that seems like something she She's would want. about the mortals. But, yeah. Oh, and I was actually just thinking, so there's, um, when we're talking about, like, Cersei's guilt and um, her regret over some of the things that she's done um, and, like, why she wanted to be punished, like Mm. we were talking about earlier. Um, She has a conversation with Telemachus near the very end of the book, and I want to see if I can actually find it. Um, Because they're talking about... What are they talking about? So he had told her that um, his father had made him do all of these terrible things. Um, Oh, and he, yeah. And and, and he did them. And she's like um, talking about. I think it's earlier than that even. I'm not sure. We can edit this part out. <laughs> My brother to take this out. Uh, uh, right here. Oh, right here, right here, right here. I found it. So it's <clears throat> it's when um, it's after she. So she takes Telemachus, and they go and they actually turn Scylla to stone. So she. This is like the very very end of the book. So she's now taking care of this monster that she created. That she. Um, has felt so much guilt about um, and she but she's been holding back from telling Telemachus like all of the things that she yeah. has done and so in this part she tells him like Scylla was not born a monster I made her 
And here he says her name, he said, Scylla, it means the render. Perhaps it was always her destiny to be a monster and you were only the instrument. Do you use the same excuse for the maids you hanged? It was as if I had struck him. I make no excuse for that. I will wear that shame all my life. I cannot undo it, but I will spend my days wishing I could. It is how you know you are different from your father, I said. Yes, his voice was sharp. It is the same for me, I said. Do not try to take my regret from me. Yeah. And I think that it's like her her pain and her guilt and her regret over the things that she has done is how she knows that she is different and better uh, than like Helios and the people that she yeah. grew up with in his halls. And that that's like, that is part of what defines her and who she is. Yeah. I like that. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. That's awesome. So then do you want to talk about the end? Uh, y- yeah. What, or is there anything else do, that you want well, to talk about Well, there's, there's one thing. I mean, we could talk about the end first. So my, my question is, like, um, so it kind of is like, yeah, and then all these things happen, and, like, Telemachus and I have children together because I'm yeah. immortal, and, like, ah, mortal, not immortal. <laughs> um, and... Uh, you know, I get older and it's like, sometimes it's really dissatisfying and sometimes it's great and whatever. Um, and then it ends with her like drinking the potion that she made. So you, we're not actually 100% certain that she turns into becomes yeah. mortal. Yeah. Um, but she has said before that um, she does have some of the sight and she can see some things that are going right. to happen. So is that is that what is happening there that she that she sees that this is what's going to happen or is it just her being like maybe this is what will happen? I th- I I I kind of thought it was just her like hoping. Mm-hmm. Um and I think partially because like it's just a much more satisfying ending to end on her, like, bringing the potion to her lips than it is to, like, have that moment and then later, like, be like, okay, and then we, you know, I like that the epilogue kind of comes before this, like, final moment Mm -hmm. that happens before. (laughs) Not final. Um, But honestly, as soon as I finished the book, I, like, went on Google and was like, so is she immortal? Or (laughs) what happened? (laughs) Um, but I, I think it, I think that's what happens. Yeah. I, did you think it was the same? I didn't even think about this. I forgot that she could kind of foresee things. That is kind of how I read it was like that it was her seeing what would happen if she did drink the potion. Um, and I like to think that she did become mortal because then, then she's free. Yeah. You know, then she can she can go see those places she wanted to see. She can be with Telemachus. She can have more children. And then she will die and she will not have to live on in this barren wasteland that she has been yeah. imagining for herself that, like, her eternity would be. And she talks about how the... She always thought that the gods were, like, above life, mm-hmm. but she realizes that they're actually more, like, dead because they're so... Unchanging. Unch- yeah, and it's just... 
And they're all the same, too, yeah. which that's that's something that comes up a lot, where it's like, oh, all mortals are the same, or all gods are the same. And yeah. Like, you kind of... I think she starts thinking that all mortals are the same and gods are not, and I think she kind of changed, like, her thinking flips on that. For sure. Um, yeah, I think I think that's what happens. I really want that to be what yeah. happens. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And, and I do, I, yeah, I think that's yeah. what happens. Yeah. I did have, like, one last thing that, I mean, I, I'm honestly kind of disappointed that, like, we didn't talk more about just, like, this, like, just, like, how... Like this, like woman power, but I, I mean, there's not much to say except that it's like it's great, great and it's there and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that kind of happens throughout is about like how stories are told. So, like, Sarah mm-hmm. seems like really self conscious a lot of the time, of like, you know, when Hermes <laughs> I keep picking my hair, I know, off I'm sorry, <laughs> um, Hermes. Uh, comes and they they're lovers for like a hundred years over over a few <laughs> centuries a few times yeah. um and she's always like oh like what will he, you know he's gonna go back i know he will go back to my sisters and be like oh you know she's like gross and she threw herself she's upon so desperate. me and like she's like her feet are dirty and blah blah blah, blah, yeah. blah. um and like she doesn't like really care but like a part of her is always thinking about it and is always kind of conscious of it. And even like, oh, you know, what will the poets write about us? And, you know, and then also she like she always like finds herself editing the stories she tells. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she doesn't tell her son all the bad things that Odysseus did. Um, and like, for example, when when she first meets Glaucos and she's like, oh, yeah, I met Prometheus. And he's like. No, like we're the same age. And she like, was like, oh yeah, totally. I was just kidding. She's like, yeah, JK, JK, JK. <laughs> um, it kind of to like, like she keeps like editing stories to pacify the people that she's telling them to. Generally men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're, it's, she's just like protecting their fragility, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, and I just like, I don't even know what to like say about it, but it, it's just so interesting. Like, do you think she cares what people think about her? I don't necessarily think she cares. I think she's just aware that, like, because she is a divinity, that there will be mm, okay. things said about her. Like, I never got the impression, especially when she was talking about, like, what Hermes would say about her. Like, I never <laughs> got the impression that she, like, cared that much. Where she was like, meh, he can say whatever he wants. I don't care. Yeah. Um, as for, like, the poets and stuff, like, again, I just think that it's just an awareness that, you know, she's she's part of all of these stories that are going to, like, live on for a long time. And so she's, like aware that she's going to show up and she is maybe just kind of curious about like what they'll say about her yeah um what i found interesting was in relation to this is that um telemachus tells her later that his father would never tell him stories about himself um and that when he would ask he was told to go find a bard to tell him (laughs) that was brutal like yeah which is awful but like I wonder if part of that 
is like Odysseus's pride because he like knows that like some of the things he's done are dishonorable yeah. and like but that that's not the way that the poets are going to oh, to, to tell yeah, it right like they're going that. to tell it with him as a hero but if he told his own stories to his son he would either have to lie or like reveal himself to be like less than what he wants to be wants to be yeah. seen as yeah that's a really good point um yeah yeah Coming back to Circe, I think I kind of did get the impression that she ca- cared just enough to notice. Mm-hmm. But but then, like, it's cool because, like, at the end, this book is, I mean, it's fiction, but it's her telling her story. Mm-hmm. So then, like, in the end, she... She gets to tell it she herself. She gets to tell her story. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all cheesy, and I, I love it. It's great. It's I great. love it. It's great, yeah. Um so I think that's I think that's it. This has been our longest episode <laughs> one hour um, today. We hope that you enjoyed it. There are a lot of big juicy questions in this book. So if you have thoughts, we would absolutely love to hear them. You can email us at literarydevicespodcast at gmail dot com, and we look forward to hearing your thoughts. Yeah. Um, and yeah. if you want, like, does email work? If you want us to. We've been thinking about, like, social media, Twitter, and Mm -hmm. Instagram. Mm -hmm. Let us know if you would like... Or if there's a book that you want us to talk about. What are we reading next, Jess? um, You can email us and say, hey, this is a great book. You should read it. Um, But our next book is The Witches of New York by Amy McKay. Um, not, this might be our last one for a little while. I am having a baby in June, so (laughs) we will see how that shakes out, but we will let you know. You know what? Hannah McGregor always says Hmm. that, um, babies, baby sounds in the background is the marker of a feminist podcast. (laughs) So perfect. I think we need to make (laughs) podcasts with your baby. Great. I love it. Anyways, so that's uh, that's about the it, and uh, thanks for potting with me, Marisha. Thanks for casting with me, Jess. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's, like, adorable. <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll see you next month, and until then, keep your nose in the book. <laughs> <laughs>